Surgical interventions for rib fractures. We're going to talk about that next on Scope Radio. Access to our experts with in-depth information about the biggest health issues facing you today. The Specialists with Dr. Tom Miller is on The Scope. Hi, I'm Dr. Tom Miller, and I'm here with Dr. Thomas Varghese. He's a thoracic surgeon and works in the Department of Surgery here at the University of Utah. Tom, tell us a little bit about when patients uh, come to you for rib fractures, and is there a surgical treatment for that? Obviously, you can't cast a fractured rib. So when can you surgically intervene on a fractured rib? It's a great question. Uh, one of the things that we really go down to, uh, to get the detail about is the mechanism of the injury. Um, oftentimes, rib fractures don't occur in isolation. They occur in conjunction with other types of injury. And it's one of the things that we have to really talk to patients about uh, and try to differentiate it out. Is the injury only in the ribs or is there associated nerve damage? Is there associated muscle damage? Are other bones affected? Because really, we can't just isolate and just treat the ribs without considering other damage that's occurred as a result of the injury. So a patient, you know, falls, is injured in a sports event, sporting event. Um, when might you look at that fracture and say, you know, it's not really going to heal without me going in there and, and repairing the rib? The good thing is 85% of rib fractures heal on their own. Uh, and what we're really looking at is the alignment. Uh, if the fracture there is the bone in alignment, and as long as the alignment is okay, giving those patients pain relief, a, a period of rest, the rib fracture should heal by themselves. That's a really good point. How long does it usually take for a rib to heal? That is, the patient will say, you know, I'm having pain. What is it? Two weeks, three weeks, six it, weeks? It's, it's usually, generally, bone healing takes about four to six weeks. So they can uh, expect to have some dis, you know, some in, discomfort and some pain even afterwards. We first start thinking about surgical interventions after rib fractures uh, really uh, after a two-month period of time. So non-union is defined by after two to three months period of time, and the fracture is there, even if the alignment is correct and you don't see any evidence of healing, that's an indication for um, a surgical intervention. Well, how about at the time of the injury? I mean, you know, a fractured rib, the uh, points of the of the bone could be sharp. Do they injure the lung at times? They can't. And, and this is, again, going into the consideration that it's uh, oftentimes rib fractures don't occur in isolation. So early indications are if you have something called flail chest, that is multiple rib fractures, uh, really leading to a dissociation of a segment of the chest wall that impairs with your ability to breathe. How would that happen? An automobile accident, perhaps? Uh, automobile accidents, very bad skiing accidents, uh, you know, diving accidents. There's a variety of different mechanisms. And if you think about it, the ribs and the chest wall are really uh, intended to absorb the force to protect everything on the inside. And so it's doing its job. An analogy I often use with patients is if you think about a good bicycle helmet, you know a bicycle helmet is good because it absorbs the force and it cracks. The ribs sort of do the same thing. The difference, of course, is a bicycle helmet you can throw away and buy a new one. You can't really do that with the ribs. And so you're kind of left with the damage as a result of the injury. And then now you're sort of, uh, you know, literally trying well, to. Well, obviously, the them. reason that football players wear these chest pads. Yeah, absolutely. So and, they don't fracture their ribs and the and ribs they don't, absorb the, you know, the chest pad absorbs the energy exactly. instead of the ribs. And so, uh, as a result, the body tries to respond by trying to immobilize that area. And this is where we start running into problems. So 
you can imagine the ribs and the chest wall is a very dynamic uh, instrument. And, and so as you take a deep breath in and out, and the chest expands in and out. When you have a rib fracture, your body tries to relatively isolate that area. And as a result, after rib fractures, there are higher in- incidence of pneumonias. Because you're not breathing as deep. You're, you're not, not breathing you're not getting deep. rid of those secretions. Absolutely. And so this is, again, it goes back towards is when we see a patient with a rib fracture, we really have to think of the entire patient. You have to figure out where are the associated injuries? Um, have they had pneumonias? Uh, you really have to, uh, you know, do a comprehensive evaluation. So it sounds to me like a patient would continuing to have pain after about two months probably ought to talk to their physician about maybe giving them uh, giving them a referral to see a thoracic surgeon or yourself uh, or somebody somebody like myself. Yeah, I mean, it's not just thoracic surgeons, but probably thoracic surgeons that have experience taking care of thoracic trauma patients, and so. Um, it, 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 sort of a consideration of uh, what's going on with the patients. And so a lot of patients that I end up seeing, I don't operate on with rib fractures. But even trying to figure out what's going on with the patient, making sure there aren't any other associated injuries, see if there are conservative mechanisms or non-surgical options to treat the patient to see if they can get better. And then if we can't, if there are certain uh, key factors that we see that surgery will make a huge difference, those are the patients that we take to the operating room. Would you also say that a patient with multiple rib fractures is more likely to need a surgical intervention, perhaps? Yes, I would say multiple rib fractures, flail chest, flail chest uh, patients where the ribs are not aligned. Like even early on, if we see very bad fractures where the ribs are completely misaligned, you know that you can wait many weeks and many months, but if they're not in alignment, they're not going to heal by themselves. And those are the patients that we often see early on. Tom, what's your advice to a patient who has had a sporting injury? Let's say they fall during water skiing or snow skiing, or they're playing football contact sports, and they come away with some pain in their ribs. Should they see a physician? Should they get an x-ray? What should what would your advice be to them? My advice is is don't try to tough it out. Go see somebody right away. If you have pain that lingers for a couple hours after the event and you, the next day, for example, you wake up and you're still sore and it's not getting any better, go ahead and see your doc. Any danger signs that you might uh, ask them to look for? I think that the, the danger signs you look at are really in relation to the other types of injuries that could occur as a result of the rib fractures. For example, if the fracture segment goes and pokes an area of the lung, you could have a lung laceration. So those are patients where they'll have difficulty breathing. They could have a lung collapse. They could start coughing up blood. All of those signs are indications that they should go see somebody right away. Access to our experts with in-depth information about the biggest health issues facing you today. The Specialists with Dr. Tom Miller is on The Scope.